Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. Welcome to episode number 14, my very first episode of 2021. God, it feels so good to say 2021. I've never been one to wish my life away. And the older I get, the less I want to do that. I want to savor each moment, be present and live my life as my mother used to say, really live it. But when it came to 2020, I could not wait for the door to close on it. And while I'm also old enough and wise enough to know there is no special fairy dust to sprinkle over January 2021 to make everything magically get better immediately, psychologically, I do admit that I already feel much more hopeful. Now, that's not to say I'm taking any chances. In case you were wondering what happened to episode number 13, there wasn't any. The last episode of 2020 was episode number 12. And when I realized that the first episode of 2021 would technically be number 13, the crazy superstitious Greek in me came out and I decided to pretend I was a real estate developer and skip over the 13th floor. In this case, the 13th episode, as if it did not exist and go straight to number 14. Again, I am not taking any chances with things getting off to a bad start this year. But what I want to talk about today is time, what we do with it how we manage it, and an analog tool I've used over time that helps me get stuff done. As hard as it is to believe, we're closing in on a year since the first lockdown of the pandemic. A whole year, 365 days. I can still remember standing in my digital marketing class on 42nd Street across from Bryant Park on a cold Monday evening in March, When one of my students got the alert that NYU was closing down effective that Wednesday. Now, that initial message was that we would be back in two weeks after what was supposed to be spring break. And we all know how that turned out. It seems like a lifetime ago. And while so much has happened in my life since, I have been very hard on myself in that I felt I let a lot of that time slip away without getting much accomplished beyond overindulging in Netflix. I think there's a term for it now, blurs day, where one day seems to blur into another and you wonder what you have to say for it. At least I thought I hadn't gotten much accomplished until I took a look back at the list of intentions of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to be in 2020. Every year I go for intentions, not resolutions and certainly not goals. For me, the word goal is too results-oriented. It's very black or white. If you make the goal, you succeed, and if you don't, you fail. That's a little too cut and dry for me when planning out my life. Not that I don't like results, but at the beginning of the year, I prefer intentions. There's no implied failure in intentions. You might have intended to do something and not gotten as far as you wanted to, or for one reason or another, wound up in a whole different direction. Life gets in the way. And God knows whether you were calling them intentions or goals or whatever you wanted to label you wanted to put on them last January, something we had not anticipated got in all of our ways called 
the pandemic. I was pretty afraid to take a look at that list. I was convinced that nothing I had intended to do, nothing had manifested. Much to my surprise, I was wrong. So the first was to be calm and present for my mother. And that was indeed a January 2020 intention. And it is one that I fulfilled right up until the moment she took her last breath in October. I didn't know in January that 2020 would be the year her life would be completed. No one ever really knows that. But I did know in January that things were getting more difficult for her. She was sadder and she was getting ready to go. It wasn't easy for her and it wasn't easy for me either. But I feel good knowing I was there with her, calm and present, while my heart might be breaking when her time came. To be a good sister. Now, my brother and I are very different. I'm verbose, often having to talk or write my way through my problems in difficult situations. And he's the opposite. We were both pressed, especially in the last week of mom's life, where we both had a choice to let our differences annoy each other or to accept them and to support each other. And we did. I like to think I was a good sister to my little brother. I know he certainly was a good brother to me. Now, to maybe start my own podcast. There's a big one. I threatened to do this for years, and it actually happened in 2020. This is one I definitely can thank the pandemic for. If not for the extra time it opened up and the feeling there had to be one thing I could contribute positively to this year, I am not sure it would have happened. That and the remarkable group of graduate students that were willing to take the ride with me and to hold me accountable to make sure it happened, to help the Democratic candidate for president get elected. Enough said on that. Everyone who cast a vote in person or by mail, no matter the obstacles, can call that a realized intention. To find my joy in every day. Now, this is an intention I set every year, and I will again for 2021. But I will say I cannot remember a year when this small intention has been more challenging. And yet in many ways, it has been easier in that I've been forced to remember that joy can be found in the smallest of things. Lighting a scented candle on a cold winter morning, sipping a hot cup of coffee, and making time to read. To let everything go that needs to go and let everything come that needs to come. Now, those are not my words. Those are the words of Tasha Silver from her prayer on abundance in her book, It's Not Your Money. It had helped me enormously in 2019 when I moved out of the Manhattan apartment I had lived in for 22 years to what I like to call the borderline between Manhattan and New Jersey, a.k.a. Jersey City. And it has certainly gotten me through this crazy year. To surrender to what is. Yes, I wrote that as an intention for 2020. It is something I have had to remind myself to do at various times in my life. And it is never easy. But never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that what is would look like what 2020 was. So it turns out I did do more with my time than I was giving myself credit for. I just wasn't as disciplined about it as I had been in the past, which is why the things on the list, like creating a new online course and publishing a new workbook, never came to be. But now, as we enter what I hope is the beginning of the end of the pandemic, I want to be more disciplined with my time. 
Maybe it's my mom's death that has heightened my awareness of how brief our time is here. Maybe it's just a desire to create more. I don't know for sure. All I'm certain of is I want to manage my time better. And I want to share with you how I'm planning to do that. So my plan is to go back to the basics and to a system I have used for years. That's not really a system, but we'll call it a system that is simple and easy and most importantly works. At least it does for me. So let me share a little of the background. When I first left the corporate world in 2008, I found myself challenged when it came to my time. I had always had a reputation for having a good handle on it, for being organized, driven, getting a lot more accomplished in any given day than the average person. In fact, I was so good at it that at times it got me into trouble because from the outside, it looked like I might not be working as hard as other people thought I should be. The truth is I'm genetically predisposed to being a self-starter and and I get a little bit of a thrill, call me crazy, of checking off projects completed on my list. But at that time, without the aid of someone else's structure, I found myself struggling as I navigated working from home before WFH became a thing with a hashtag in front of it. That's when I remember the kitchen timer. The kitchen timer had been a permanent fixture in my home since I was a kid. My mother kept a white plastic Lux kitchen timer on the gas stove in the kitchen in our apartment in Glen Oaks. She used it to time everything from baking a pound cake in the oven to her naps. I learned to love the soft ticking noise of the timer from a very early age. It signified something was cooking literally or figuratively. So suddenly it made perfect sense to me to apply the kitchen timer to my work from home days. The basic principles are simple. In order to get anything done, you need to create a container for it. The egg timer serves as that container. You decide on a task that needs to get done. I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that you have a list of what needs to get done and by when. Turn off all tech distractions, including the sound on your phone. Unless someone close to you is on their deathbed, the phone can wait, as as can responding to a comment someone left you on Instagram. You set the timer for the amount of time you want to work. Now, I like 20 or 60-minute intervals, depending on what I'm doing. 20 minutes for an email check-in, 60 minutes for longer projects. Don't get up until the timer goes off. Now, this is important if you're serious about getting stuff done. Over the years, this has really worked for me, whether it's a project for a client, planning a class session for my grad students, or writing an essay. It's especially helpful when I'm on a deadline. Even if I don't make as much progress on something as I think I should, the fact that I gave it at least an hour signifies a feeling of accomplishment. I did something towards my end game. And for some reason, I cannot explain that inspires me to do more. Now, I prefer an analog timer for several reasons, and the first is the sound. It may seem a little crazy, but that soft ticking noise sets the space for me that work is going to get done and nothing is going to get in the way. I also like the whimsical choices of timers you can find on Amazon. My current favorite is a bright green owl that sits on my desk. And lastly, despite the abundance of digital timers available, the idea is to get work done, not be tempted with more digital distraction. 
Now, somewhere along the line in the last year, I had forgotten about my trusty timer. I had fallen off the wagon of my self-induced discipline, and I was feeling quite unaccomplished. That is, until the wonderful Jenny Blake sent a note out asking people if they were interested in presenting their systems tips to the group of solopreneurs that she runs. My first reaction was I didn't have any. (laughs) Then I remembered, oh, I had written a little book called It Takes an Egg Timer, A Guide to Creating the Time for Your Life in 2012. And it talked about how I use an analog kitchen timer to manage my workflow. I always tell people when they're suffering from imposter syndrome or think they have not accomplished a thing in their life, it's always good to go back and read your bio so you are reminded of what you have done. Now, my kitchen timer tips are not foolproof. They're not the Pomodoro method, which I was accused of copying when I first wrote the book. This is simple. It's easy. It does not require a spreadsheet or any technical learning curve. I find often that time management systems can get so complex, you spend more time on managing the system than you do on getting anything accomplished. And my system is not really a system, it's an idea. And it can be adapted to what works best for you, because in the end, that's what it's all about. So even as we are still muddling in this time of working from home, and with the appearance of having lots of extra time, It's still easy to think we don't have the time to do whatever it is we want to with our time. But the truth is we do. I love this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that I used at the end of my book. This time, like all times, is a very good one if we but know what to do with it. That's all I have for you today. My part manifesto, part guide. It takes an egg timer, a guide to creating the time for your life is available on Amazon. It is not a guarantee to get things done, but I am told it is inspirational and it just might help. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note, info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there. Mm